wouldn't have sugar with your cereal. You'd want to oh whip your ding dong out. Yeah, that yeah. makes perfect sense. Well, hello, everybody. I'm Arden Rose. And I'm Will Dobbishit. And you're listening to Crash on, on My Couch. Which is our one-stop pit stop of the internet. Of all the interesting things that you would like to hear about. Ain't that right, Willie D? That is right. This week on Crash on My Couch, we talk about how to keep your little fingers away from your ding-dong. We talk about a fifth grader that got her other fifth grader as high as a kite. And we talk about what happens when an autopsy report realizes that you're not actually dead. So, so that's good. This week and more on, on Crash on My, my Couch. Couch. Thanks to Audible for supporting Crash on My Couch. For a free audiobook with a 30-day free trial, go to audible.com slash crash or text CRASH to 500-500. Remember, go to audible.com slash crash or text CRASH to 500-500 and get a free audiobook with a 30-day free trial. Thanks, Audible. Well, hey, hey guys. guys. How are we doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Pretty good. By the way, in this episode, guys, Will and I are doing long distance again. Cute. Um, but we're a little bit off sync. Just, it doesn't... Just, yeah. It's, it's just a thing. It's a little bit harder to record when you're far away from someone and you're not, like, within arm's distance of them. Yeah. There's something metaphorical about that there. But, uh, yeah. yeah. FYI. We're going to try laughing, our best. Yeah. And if, if it seems like we're stepping over each other, uh, that is why. But uh, we're still trucking on. We're still excited about this episode. We're still trying to do this, like, dope-ass episode and whatnot. Oh my gosh. Wow. He's really doing a thing right now. Um, But yeah, no. I got back to LA, like, last week. I've been running around like a mad woman. I've been waking up at (laughs) 5.45 every morning, which is I wish I could get up at 5.45 every morning. I feel like my days would be way more productive. Well, you're about to. When you get to America, you're going to. That's true. You always do, and I'm what if, still waking up then. What if we just, like, kept that going? We sort of try that. Like, for the first couple of weeks, we always try to keep What if it we going. just try and keep that going? Babes, I would try that forever. I'm. Are you kidding? I'm always trying to go to bed early. You're like, but what if we just stay up and watch, like, I don't know, Die Hard 3 again? And I'm well, like, we... I just want to go to bed. Okay, first of all, Die Hard 3. What? Second of all, um... <laughs> We we never stay up super late. We go to bed at like eleven. Like eleven's not like a late time to go to bed. We, if we were going to get up at five forty five every morning, we'd have to go to bed at like nine or ten every day. Ooh, my absolute dream. Yeah, oh my gosh, that, I'd love that. That is awful. I would love that. I love going to bed early. It's my favorite thing in the entire world. Really. Yeah, I rather enjoy it. But anyways, you've got some loose ends to tie up in London. What are like the last three things you need to do before the you get over here? Three get your things. sweet ass over here. Um, I don't know, really. It's just random bits and bobs. Seeing some people, making some contacts. You know how it is. Okay, no. No. <laughs> He's eyebrow raising at me again. Again. I thought we went over this last week. No more eyebrow raising. So yeah, just random bits and bobs. And then you're going to head on over here, get a big cuddle, and sleep for a couple days. Yeah! Woo! It's going to be fun. 
By the way, guys, thanks for all the the hilarious tweets we got after last week's video. All the Claudia's coming out of the woodworks was a great time. Oh uh, yeah. Also, I, really... I feel like we have some more facts about that. Didn't someone like calculate that? Oh yeah. Who calculated that? It was it on Twitter? Yeah. So I think one of you guys like set in saying that actually the amount of Claudia's at that university was below average. There should be more <laughs> Claudia's. So, so listen, I was right, okay? There you go. Okay, yep, it's uh, at Wrinkly Kong, uh, Catherine Cogman. Great username, by the way. <laughs> um, she said, currently listening to Crash on My Crap. Crash on my cr- crotch. Yeah. Crash, crash on my couch. Oh my gosh. Great episode, by the way. And I calculated that. Were Missouri State reflective of the national average, there would be approximately 57 students named Claudia. Therefore, their Claudia population is actually slightly below average. There you go. There you go. Who would have known? <laughs> I mean, it certainly wasn't near my 100, but it was definitely more than they should have had. That is so funny. I love how you said a hundred. Yep, just a hundred Claudias, please. I mean, that was just like spitballing. I didn't know, like, I'm not like (laughs) the the exact. I'm like up on it. Yeah, I'm like there should be exactly eighty-two. I think. I think if I had to think about it accurately, I would say eighty-two point five (laughs) Claudias. If someone just changed their name halfway through the semester, that counts the half Claudia. (laughs) um but anyways okay so that that's interesting that we found out some some pertinent claudia information um i've never said the name claudia more than in the last two weeks but thank you guys so much for sending in all your funny little quips from that episode it is a delight to see what you guys are saying yes um but shall we get into what we got to talk about today yes let's do it all right it's time for the Weekly idiot. Weekly idiot. Weekly idiot. It's the weekly idiot. Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay, so tell us what's up. Who's the weekly idiot? The weekly idiot, according to time.com, uh, we got sent this actually by one of you lovely people, Katie, at Katie Newman on Twitter. Thank you very much for sending this in. <laughs> This is actually like super funny. I'm also like I'm really excited about one this. of those like situations which like I just kind of want to. I w- just wish I was there to witness it. <laughs> um, so the the headline on on time.com is a nine year old accidentally shared her grandpa's marijuana gummies with her fifth grade class. Uh, those poor kids. Oh so God. It's, <laughs> It says a group of New Mexico elementary school students got more than a sugar high. Nice. After <laughs> oh, good one, fun. Yeah. After one fifth grade student mistakenly <laughs> shed a box of medical marijuana edibles at school. Oh, a, that is terrifying. Yeah. A nine-year-old came to school with what looked like typical gummy candies, but were actually edibles laced with THC, one of the psychoactive chemicals found in cannabis. Oh, my gosh, those poor kids must have been off their nuts. Because <laughs> kids don't just eat one. They're like, ooh, they grab a handful. Oh, like, my God, that's really scary, you, actually. I mean, you can't overdose, so they didn't – it would have been okay, but they would have just been so scared. <laughs> like, like, that would be so scary as, like, a five-year-old not knowing what's going on. Well, they said, they said here that the candies reportedly belonged to the student's grandfather. Neither she nor the three other students who ate them had lasting symptoms, though some of the students did get giggly, according to the journal. Oh, that 
bunch of giggly kids in this classroom just like (laughs) high off their nuts like oh man um this coloring book i'm working on is looking great yeah they're like like, wow "Wow." like nap time is gonna be really dope this time (laughs) oh my god that is amazing it says here as well that the school's dean of elementary students um Told the Albuquerque Journal reports that officials took the labeled package out of the trash, and as soon as we looked at it, we said, "Nope, that's not candy." <laughs> <laughs> that poor that poor grandfather though, like he probably he didn't mean anything by it. His his granddaughter just like swiped his swiped his goods and ran off. <laughs> I know, like swiped his gummies. Oh man. You know what, though? It's so funny, because this could have been, like, a really dark story. Like, in any other, like, any other drug gets pulled off a countertop, it could have been really, really dark. Yeah, but that's the fact true. That it's just, the fact that it's weed just makes it funny, because it's like, oh, a bunch of little kids are just super blazed. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, as long as it doesn't hurt their development, like, all right, it's just one time. That's <laughs> true, yeah. As long, as long as it's, like, yeah, nothing crazy. And at least they didn't, like, have too much to the point where they were just, like, you know freaked out i'm surprised that they didn't out, freak yeah. out but i guess kids like aren't oh i don't know maybe they're like since they aren't aware of the fact that they just got drugged technically yeah then, then they probably weren't as scared you know what i mean like if someone came up to them and was like oh, katie oh my gosh i think you took something really bad if you start feeling weird like just let me know the kid yeah. would probably be like oh wait what oh no ah and like start freaking out but because they had no idea they just got giggly <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny yeah, I wonder, like, how many they must have eaten then. Because, like, typically with, like, gummies like that, isn't just, like, one gummy, like, pretty potent? They must have, like, really distributed it out to, like, the three of them. <laughs> they really doled it out to, to yeah. them even. But, like, I'm thinking about kids, and I'm like, kids just eat the whole pack of candy. They don't, they don't like, censor themselves or, like, yeah, oh, like partition off a portion. That's why I'm surprised that they didn't have any, like, kind of longer symptoms. Because, like... If you were to have, like, a couple of those, like, enough for the grandpa to be, like, taken, yeah, Yeah. pretty, like, strong stuff. That's so funny, though. Those kids just had, like, the best day at kindergarten. (laughs) But that's so, you know what's so funny? It's, like, with the the whole legalization of stuff, weed and stuff, like, stuff like that has, like, never happened before in in that way. Yeah, without someone immediately being, like, kids were drugged you know what i mean this would be a completely different headline 10 years ago like this would be a completely different situation the grandpa would be going to jail for this it would be such a thing but it's just also like before medicinal marijuana and just like even legal marijuana like you obviously couldn't just get edibles everywhere so like that would never happen like you would never like you never stumble across yeah no unless you're like but even then, it would be, like, something really irresponsible. Like, a mom was making weed brownies or something. Yeah, and yeah, And the, the daughter just, like, thought that they were regular and took a bunch yeah. of them. Yeah, 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 You know what I mean? That would be, like, the irresponsible side of this. But this is, like, packaged pretty candy. That, like, yeah. wasn't a thing before legalization. So, yeah. It's so the, funny. The, as harsh as this is, the nine-year-old that uh, shared the candy is a weekly idiot this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's she's a little bit of a weekly idiot. Or, like, a, a weekly ignorant. We'll say that. Nice. Like just didn't, a weekly Didn't ignorant. know. He, she was the weekly ignorant. She just didn't yeah. know. But, or she's, or she's like, the weekly hero because she just, like, introduced her whole class to drugs. So that's good. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, that is hilarious. I love that. Before we get into our next segment, we're going to be taking a little short sponsored break. 
Indeed. And this week's sponsor is rolling, 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 rolling. Audible. Yay. Nice. That was pretty punchy. You know, I try. Um, thanks to Audible for supporting Crash on My Couch. For a free audiobook with a 30-day free trial, go to audible.com slash crash or text C-R-A-S-H, that's crash, to 500-500. So Audible, let's talk about it. I've actually been listening to a book that Will has already listened to, and it's Steve Jobs by Walter Isaacson. Let me tell ya. Okay, Steve Jobs' life was nutty cuckoo bananas, but if you want to feel inspired... Just, like, put in the audiobook while you're driving and just listen to the stuff that Steve Jobs, like, put forth in the beginning of Apple. It is so fascinating and interesting. Really, yeah. And, like, there's just so much detail there, which you wouldn't even, like, the little nitty-gritty bits about him, you know? Yeah, totally. I, I like it that the audiobook really goes into kind of, like, each of the details of, of like, what led him to being such a successful guy. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just really, really interesting and very inspiring. I would highly recommend it um so if you want to listen to that if that sounds like something interesting to you that is my recommendation uh for our audience audible is offering a free audiobook with a 30-day free trial if you want to listen to it audible has it just go to audible.com slash crash or text crash to 500 500 and browse their unmatched selection of audio content you can download a title free and start listening it's that easy Audible also has exclusives and like original audio shows and stuff, which I recently discovered very, very fun. Audible selection of audiobooks Ooh. is unmatched everywhere. If you want it, Audible has it. It's a thing. I suppose probably like my favorite thing about Audible currently, and this is something which has been around for ages that they've been doing, um, it's just that you can re-listen to a book anytime. I feel like I lose books all the time. And like if you move house I feel like just books get lost. I always end up losing books. Yep. I like, yep. I suppose that's the great thing of like some of the digital age is like you can just store an infinite amount of books that you can just revisit <laughs> anytime you want to. You have to worry about like, I don't know, just losing it all the time. Yeah. So I feel like that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. You can just listen to it anytime. It'll always be in your library. And, and that's just, you're right. Physical books, they get lost all the time. Audiobooks are books forever. Thanks to Audible for supporting our podcast. For our audience, Audible is offering a free audiobook with a 30-day free trial. You just got to go to audible.com slash crash or text crash to 500-500. Yes, that's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash crash or text crash to 500-500. Thank you so much, Audible. Thank you. Uh, what have we got next? On a separate note that's not as fun, still fun. But just kind of like my waking nightmare. Uh, this is for our next segment. Go science! Go science! Go, Go science! A hill yeah. Um, and this is a weird one. This is legitimately one of my like... You know when you have those certain things where you're like, I don't want to wake up one day and be in my coffin buried underground. You know what I mean? Like wake up in that moment. Yeah, like Kill Bill, Kill Bill Volume 2 scene. Yes, exactly like that, Will. Thank you for that reference, indeed. Um, I don't want that to happen to me because I will not have the strength uh, to get out. I will just die again, apparently. So this is something that's like similar but very different. Okay. This, this is on sciencealert.com. Man declared dead by three doctors wakes up in a morgue just hours before autopsy. They were about to open him up. 
Spanish prison authorities are baffled after a prisoner who was declared dead by three separate doctors, great doctors, by the way, woke up in the morgue just hours before his own autopsy was set to commence. The prisoner, 29-year-old Gonzalo Montoya Jimenez, was found unresponsive in his cell during a morning roll call and has been transferred to a hospital mortuary yeah, in a body bag when pathologists heard something strange. Snoring coming from inside the bag. That is so, <laughs> so bizarre. He was in a body bag. But wait, this is even better. Okay. He was serving time for robbery... Yay. Uh, was first attended to by two doctors on duty in the prison after he was found sitting unconscious in a chair in his cell with no signs of violence being evident. They thought he just, like, died sitting up. Sensing no vital signs, the doctors declared him dead, and an hour later, a forensic doctor inspected the body, concurred with the first evaluations, and issued a third death report. Only later in the morgue did physicians realize something was terribly wrong. By this point, Jimenez had already spent time in a cold room storage to help preserve his body, and his skin had been marked with scalpel guidelines in preparation for his imminent autopsy. He had been, like, cut in various face places all over his body and hadn't noticed and stayed, stayed asleep. What? Yeah. How does that happen? I don't know. Forensic doctors... How did he not wake up? <laughs> I don't know. Forensic doctors began to hear noises coming from inside the bag. Montoya was not dead. Quite the opposite. They just opened him up but... and they were like, oh, he's alive. But if he was being transferred all that way, like, put on a fucking, like, stretcher, taken to, a, like, a hospital, then taken to a, like, done all this shit, mm-hmm. been inspected... Then been like marked up with a fucking pen, stripped, <laughs> stripped, right? Yeah, he was in a body. All bag. his clothes were taken off. <laughs> How did he not wake up? And three separate doctors announced that he was dead. Three separate what, doctors. What happened to him? Did he actually die? Did he die and come back to life? So they're saying that the day before he was found like quote unquote dead he complained of feeling ill and while it's unknown exactly what caused his condition officials described his body as showing signs of cyanosis which is a purplish discoloration of the skin caused by poor circulation or lack of oxygen in addition to rigor mortis which is uh, you know the process that sets in when you actually die and all your muscles seize up um hospital officials have told spanish media that the faux fatality could be a case of catalepsy in which the body enters a trance or seizure-like state exhibiting a loss of consciousness and sensation together with physical rigidity so they're saying that like wow his family says that he had medical conditions so he might have been like diabetic or something like that that would have caused him to like if he didn't get the proper medication it would put him in a seizure-like state i guess yeah, like like a comatose like lack of oxygen type scenarios yeah but can you imagine can you imagine waking up with a bunch of doctors like sitting over you with scalpels like uh bruh i'm still alive still kicking I just, like i don't know if this ever happened to you well like i don't think it's ever happened to me because like i don't think i've ever got like so blackout drunk that like i've gone to bed and then like woken <laughs> up and not know where i am because i always just yeah. go back to my room yeah but, like i've never i've never woken up and like been like where am i oh my gosh have you ever had that before have you ever woken up and not known where you are i that's happened to me like maybe once or twice and like one of most of the time it's because when i'm when i first started dating you we'd be in london 
if I got like a, like pretty drunk the night before, if I woke up, I'd be like, whoa, I'm not back in America. What's happening? It was like when I wasn't used to being right, in London. Right. And I'd be like, whoa, where am I? And then I'd be like, oh, I'm in London. Right. Okay. Yeah. But that's the yeah, only time. Yeah, it takes time. you a second to like, yeah, work out. But it must be really terrifying. Just show up like somewhere completely different. Yeah. for Like to, to show up and just wake up and be like, what, like, what happened? Like, what happened? <laughs> what led me to this place? <laughs> yeah. Like, that because, be you know, terrifying. there was that... There was that, remember I told you um, about that Darren Brown thing that he did? And mm-hmm. I, like, I can tell you guys about it, cause, but I already knows about this. So Darren Brown is, um, he's like kind of like um, a hypnotist, just like an illusionist. He doesn't say he's like a magician. He says he's just like very good with like um, convincing people of one thing via like hypnotism and other means. So anyway, he's just, I really re- like respect him. I think what he does is really cool in the UK. You love um, magicians so much. Will has a well, giant hard on for all magicians. Not, he's not, he's not really a magician. Like, and he does very no. like elaborate setups. Like he, he once did this thing where he convinced a man that, uh, he was in a zombie apocalypse. So he like made a giant set and he like hired some actors, put some zombies outside the gate and then when he woke up, he woke up, like, in The Walking Dead in a hospital bed. And, like, the hospital was empty. And, like, he generally thought for an hour, or it was for two nights he was sleeping in this place, that he was in the zombie apocalypse and, like, the world had ended. That is so stressful. That is the most stressful thing I've ever yeah. heard. But this is, like, like you, sort of the same thing. <laughs> yeah, and you see hidden cameras and you're just like, holy shit. Because this guy is just dead ass, like... What are we going to do? How are we going to get out of it? Like, he's he's actually in, like, a Walking Dead thing. Anyway, so he did this thing where he, he, people would go into a, a photo booth in London, uh, one of those, like, little snappy-snap photo booths, and they'd go in, sit down, and then the Flash would, like, put them in a hypnotic state, and it would just kind of, like, knock them out and put them in, like, a hypnotic trance where, like, they didn't know where they were, basically. Almost like a coma. Yeah, almost like a coma, but it's it's not it's not scary, but it's more so just like a trance. So he, he put them then, he put them then on a plane to Morocco <laughs> while Wild. in this trance state. And then he made the same photo booth, put it in a Moroccan market, and then he put them in it and then woke and then like set up some cameras, then woke them up and they woke up eventually and they wake up. And they leave the photo booth and they're in Morocco. Like, and no time has passed. And like, they just, you can just see people just start to lose their shit. They have no idea where they are. And it is can so scary, but they signed up for be? it. They did sign up for it. And you either, like, the, the point of the show is like trick or treat. So you either have something kind of nice happening to you or you have something like a trick happening to you at some point. So they just come out. He's like in rainy London in the evening, come out and it's in the middle of the day in a market in Morocco. And like, yeah, it just, that must fuck with you. I really want to watch that. Do you want to watch that when, we, when you get back yeah, in town? Yeah, yeah, Okay, it's, cool. Yeah, it's just like, what would you do? If I woke up in Morocco? Yeah, so you go into a photo booth in the UK, you like, you look up, you like take in a flash and you go out and you're, you're there in Morocco. What would your your first thing? To I do? would. I the first thing I would think was that I was dreaming. Like I'd be like, "What am? What's going your on?" Your brain would just like collapse, wouldn't it? Like you just you couldn't understand the concept of being transported from like yeah this this box. It'd be really interesting if he told you like I'm going to transport you through time and space. 
Like, if he told you that, that would be so much, like, I feel like you would end up enjoying it more because you would end up there and be like, how the fuck did I get here? But also, this is the coolest shit I've ever seen, yo. But, like, I get that it has to be a surprise. Yeah, because I think it's it's that shock, isn't it, of, like, because you can just see on their faces, like, people are like... How is this part? Like, it's not... Yeah, it's like they can't even grasp, like... Well, because first you have to say, wait, I'm not in London. Where am I? The toll, like this booth is the same, but I'm not the same. Where am I? Like you have to answer all these questions. All like, where was I? Just I. My last memory was. Yeah, where was I ten minutes ago? Oh my gosh, that is that is stressful to think about. Please don't ever do that to me, (laughs) unless you take me somewhere really cool. Although Morocco is really cool. Yeah, he's he's like, he's a really interesting guy. Like he did one with a video game where like. He made this guy keep playing a video game, like a gun video game, uh-huh. but he put like a hypnotic thing in it. So when it came down to a real life situation, he knew what to do based off this video game. That's really cool. And it was like this whole crazy thing. Yeah. There was one where like he had put people in a hypnotic state to rob a bank, like legitimately <gasps> rob a bank. And there are moments where like there's a truck pulling outside a bank. And obviously, you know, they have those people in armored jackets, like depositing money. Uh-huh. He goes, like grabs it, like has a gun. And then you just see them like kind of running and they don't know. They're just like, what am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. And like, also just the fact that they're mu- like, they're, they just had the muscle memory to just start running. Like to just start doing something like they're not in control of their own bodies. That's really interesting from like a psychological perspective too. Like I think, as weird as it is, as much as that stuff is, like, the Darren Brown stuff is entertainment, it also could be really important for people who are who are investigating, like, murders and all that kind of stuff. Be, like, understanding the fact that there is such a, like, um, almost like a mob mentality when it comes to crime. Like, when one person does something, the, the rest just follow. Um, yeah. I feel like that's a similar thing to the Darren Brown kind of psych- psychological test. Like, if you can convince someone that something is reality or you have to do something, you're more likely to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think it's like, it makes you think about like, obviously I don't know if this is true, it's just a conspiracy, but like there's a whole idea about the guy that killed, I don't know if it was JFK or if it was JFK's brother. I think it might have been JFK's brother. Like he to this day, like in prison, it's like I have no recollection. Right. Of doing any doing that of doing that and like people just like don't believe him and of course you know he may be like a psycho an extremist who did it but like it doesn't let you think about those experiments you're like wow i wonder if you could like convince someone someone to do something convince someone to do something yeah and here's the thing we're gonna get a little bit like conspiracy camp on you guys but you know if darren brown can do it who's to say that the FBI doesn't have specialists who know how to do all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's of crazy. all the things, you know, we've like we've we've talked about it before some like crazy stuff, like alien related stuff, espionage related stuff that the FBI has covered up. Who's to say yeah. that we don't have some I'm nearly 100% positive we've got some people who are really good at like persuasive thinking. Yeah, yeah. In the FBI. Um, so there is that. <laughs> what a crazy tangent. What like, a crazy t- we just start talking about magic and illusions in Morocco? Let's go to Morocco. <laughs> okay, quote, quote, movie quote. Is it let's go to Morocco? Is that what it is? I th- I think it or is. It's, I wanna go to Morocco. No, let's go to Morocco. 
Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. You can guess what that is. 10 points, 10 points, 10 points. Um, yeah. All right. Should we talk about not masturbating? Yes. Let's talk about our <laughs> next topic, which, which is... Into the, the Wormhole. Ian's E equals MC squared. Oh, right. Our attempt. I forgot. Uh, let me think. Um, the sum is only equal to its constituent parts. Da, 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 da. Okay. No. Uh, okay. Wow. Anyways, I tried to throw a math fact in there and it didn't work. <laughs> All right. So we've got something really fun to talk about. And it's uh, about religion ruining masturbation. Who would have thought? Oh, good. Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah. Who would have have thunk it? It's almost like that's always been a thing. So you guys have probably heard about this before, that cornflakes were part of an anti-masturbation crusade. All right? This is on mentalfloss.com, by the way. This is something I've I've actually heard about a couple different times. It's like a very commonly... I've never heard about this. It's it's like a pretty commonly quoted thing. Um, But I think more than just the fact that early American breakfast foods were meant to curb your clitoral stimulation is is sort of the man behind it all is terrifying and like that's what will and i just like just figured out after reading this article and i think i want to talk i want to talk about him just as much as i want to talk about cornflakes and that's that's mr kellogg mr kellogg up mr. in here kellogg is trying himself. to mr kellogg himself is trying to kill your log <laughs> oh Christ. no it's too far sorry it was i you know i just push it sometimes and then it's too far um <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to start reading this now. Uh, In the 18th and 19th centuries, the Western world worked itself up into a mass hissy fit over the idea of people touching themselves. Judeo-Christian tradition has already been damning masturbation as a misuse of sexuality for ages, but Victorian-era prudishness and the Great Awakening and other religious revivals in America created a perfect storm for people to really get obsessed with it, which is so interesting. Yeah. Because... I love this, like, it's like a misuse of sexuality. So I remember, like, early on, one of the uh, biblical quotes that was used a lot to describe why you're not supposed to masturbate um, was, it was, like, a very early, like, you could probably read from the beginning of the Bible into, like, I don't know, one of the Corinthians, and you would find this somewhere in there. But it's sort of right. about this guy who, like, has sex with someone, and instead of, like, oh, this is kind of graphic, but instead of, like, finishing his job within the vessel he sort of expunges it elsewhere yeah and that and god like strikes him down because of that so like the fact that he didn't use sex as like a pure means of having a child meant that like it was an inappropriate thing to do hence the reason why masturbation is not okay because you're 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 masturbating for sexual gratification rather than to conceive a child anyways I appreciate the backstory on this. Yeah, you're welcome. That's just my backstory. It's probably super flawed, but I try my best. Um, but basically, th- for whatever reason, well, a lot of different reasons, as we've already talked about the Great Awakening, which was a big religious revival in America. If you've never seen, like, I read a book all about it, which was really interesting and very weird, but it made people, like, fucking obsessed with sexuality in every way. And I think it, like, really grounded like it, it set the groundwork for America to be a very sex negative nation. Right. Um, so, and this is one of like we we think that we were are sex negative now. Listen to the the shit that Kellogg was up to. So um, Kellogg. <laughs> Kellogg was up to some nasty shit. Okay, 
Um, in the young, <laughs> in the young United States, one of the most ardent anti-masturbators was a Michigan physician named John Harvey Kellogg. The good doctor was a bit uncomfortable about sex. No, no way. Thinking it detrimental to physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being, he personally abstained from it and never consummated his marriage. And may have actually spent his honeymoon working on one of his anti-sex books. He and his cool. wife kept. You're boring as shit. Not even that, but like. Wait, let me finish this. He and his wife kept separate bedrooms and adopted all of their children. Sex with your wife was bad, but masturbation was even worse. Okay, can we just say it? Someone had some underlying sexual problems that he just didn't want to deal with. 100%. Dude, that line, sex, like, sex is bad with your wife, like, but mas- masturbation's even worse. Like, what? What kind of backwards thing is that? That's the saddest thing I've ever... That is the exact reverse of how I feel about things. But, uh, yeah, that... So he had a, he had issues with intimacy. We'll say that. You know, spending your honeymoon writing an anti-sex book has, a like, a ring of irony to it. So he didn't really appreciate the sexual landscape um, and said, If illicit commerce of the sexes is a heinous sin, Kellogg wrote, Self-pollution is a crime doubly abominable. He calls masturbation self-pollution. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, I'm gonna go self-pollute. I'll be right back. Nice. Like, can you just imagine? Yo, homie, you, you, you self-polluting right now? What you I'm up self-polluting. to? Self-polluting. So ridiculous. Um, in, in Plain Facts for Old and Young, Embracing the Natural History and Hygiene of Organic Life, which is the book that he wrote, he cataloged 39 different symptoms of a person plagued by masturbation, including general infirmity, defective development, mood swings, fickleness, bashfulness, boldness, bad posture, stiff joints, fondness for spicy foods, acne, palpitations, and epilepsy. He said that all of those things were caused by masturbation. Well, fucking hell. Are you kidding? And now it's so funny how like everything's just totally shifted. Now, if you ask anyone, they're like, sex is a stress reliever. (laughs) Have sex and you won't be stressed out. This is why he was so uptight. He had to catalog 39 different symptoms of a person plagued by masturbation because he couldn't do it himself. That's so funny. Oh, it's so ridiculous. I feel so bad for people that were born like way back in the day. I know, I know. But it's it's crazy that like... I honestly didn't know that uh, Kellogg was a uh, was a doctor, so this is really interesting. I like how that's what you've taken away from this whole thing. I can't, Kellogg's a doctor? Wild! <laughs> that's, well, I wow. just, I, no, but like, the whole backstory to this, like, I had no idea, like, the serial, you know, was this all, big of a deal? like, this is where the, where it fucking came from, like, the little fucking, is it a cockerel? Yeah, it's, I think it's a cock, cockerel? Yeah. yeah. Well, like, word. all of that, like, nice piece of design, that whole, like you know, like, stable thing in everyone's life just comes from this crazy, like, mad doctor who yeah. just hated masturbation. <laughs> like, what? It's so bad. It's so bad. Um, Yeah, his... Okay, so just to, like, bring it home to where it actually came from, like you were saying, like, where the cereal actually came from, Um, his solution to, like, like masturbation in general was that you needed a healthy diet, which is interesting. Um, he thought that meat and and certain flavorful or seasoned foods increased sexual desire and that plainer food, especially cereals and nuts, could curb it. 
And while working as the superintendent at Michigan Battle Creek Sanitarium, he hit upon a few different healthy eating ideas. Two became breakfast staples, and one thankfully didn't. So, like, he kind of made granola, sort of. He tried to make an enema machine that ran water through the bowel and then followed it with a pint of yogurt, half delivered through the mouth and the other half through the anus. That one didn't really catch on. Thank the fucking Lord. Uh, <laughs> and later, Kellogg developed a few different flaked grain breakfast cereals, including cornflakes, as healthy, ready-to-eat, anti-masturbatory morning meals. Um, yeah, he partnered with his, his brother uh, to make and sell them publicly. And he was, the brother was worried that it wouldn't sell that well. He really wanted to add sugar to the flakes, but John wouldn't hear of it. That spiced it up a little too much. You couldn't have sugar with your cereal. You'd want to oh whip your ding dong out. Oh, that yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah, your ding dong gets all crazy so town when you get sugar just, in your veins. So the idea was, is he wanted to make like, like cornflakes. He wanted to make it so like it was a healthy cereal. So, because he thought like healthy cereals would mean no masturbation. Yeah, and also, like, on top of that, boring cereals. He wanted a cereal that was boring. A blandness, a blandness to it, yeah. Yeah, if you got excited over something, you could get excited over something. Which is so funny, because he must be fucking rolling in his grave now about, like, the current, like, Kellogg's cornflakes, because they, like, they have a little bit of sugar on them. Like, there's a lot to them. Like, there's they're like, not just... There's sugar-blasted ones, like, frosted ones. He's yeah. rolling in his grave. Granted, there's also, like... I don't know, like legalized brothels and stuff as well, and like alcohol, which he would probably be so freaked out by as well. <laughs> but, but that's fine. Oh, and here we go. This is this is the best part. So this is how the article ends, and I, I think it just ends in the best way possible. While cereals and yogurt enemas might have kept most people in line, thank you. Uh, Kellogg also supported more extreme measures. Read stuff that would get your medical license revoked today and lead to many, many lawsuits for people with particularly nasty masturbation habits. For boys, he suggested threading silver wire through the foreskin to prevent erections and cause Fucking irritation. Hell. What the fuck? fucked up so fucked up why would you ever no and then for girls even worse for girls he advocated and sometimes employed he did this to people an application of carbolic acid to the clitoris to burn it and discourage touching it (gasps) how horrible is that okay the one thing i've learned from history is Y'all people who say you have Jesus need Jesus. It's time to stop trying to burn off everyone's clitoris and, like, rip everyone's foreskin. All right? Leave it. Stop trying to touch everyone's ding-dong and pearls. Leave it. Ding-dong and pearls. Fucking hell. Leave it. Leave it. Stop trying to grab everything. For someone who really doesn't want to touch a dick, he's trying to touch a lot of dicks. Yeah, it it sounds like very weird, like almost a little bit fetishy. Like it's like that's a little bit thing. weird. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I don't believe that he did this all because he just didn't want people to masturbate. I think he was so troubled by his own sexuality that he then had to make his entire life about ruining everyone else's. <laughs> like it's so horrible. So don't Disgusting. be a Kellogg. <laughs> Anytime someone's being like a cock block, I'm going to be like, stop being a Kellogg. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Ew, ew, ew. Um, All right, kiddos. Well, I'm glad we learned a lot about masturbation, the lack thereof that Kellogg did, uh, dead people that aren't actually dead, and really high night 
nine-year-olds? Was it, were they nine? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Super, super stoned nine-year-olds. I'm glad we talked about all of that today. This is a fun episode. <laughs> yeah. We kind of um, covered hit old grounds, really. We covered, this is like, oh, this is my favorite type of episode where it's just like random weird stuff that I would never read anywhere else. Well, there you <laughs> go. That's what we are. Um, but anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah, uh, thank you. Hope you guys enjoyed. Squilliam will be back soon, which I'm so excited about. I yes. see you next week. And um, we will be back with another fun episode. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Crash on My Couch would not be Crash on My Couch without the help of these wonderful people. Mm-hmm. A special thanks to executive producer Tim Street, my manager Byron Ashley, producer Emma Kikuchi, and our editor Jason Perrier, and for production assistance from Alan Ortega. Thank you, guys. 